You're listening to the Locked On Irish Podcast. Today's episode, we are going to be filling you in on two players on Notre Dame's football team that are now on award watch lists for the end of the year. An early start to this possible award season coming around. The two guys that you need to know, as well as our full breakdown of Boston College this weekend's matchup for Notre Dame. Everything that you need to know as we did last week for the Clemson matchup. Before we get to that, though, folks, I am your host, Joe DeLeon, joined by my wonderful co-host, Ryan Roberts. I'm a former college football player and long snapper at the University of Rhode Island, current NFL free agent. Ryan is the scouting director at NFL Draft Bible, as well as an NFL Draft analyst and college football analyst. So, Ryan, big headline, and I believe it came out on Tuesday night. So we're reacting to this on Wednesday. Uh, You're listening to this on Thursday. Ian Book and Kyron Williams were named to the college football of the CFPA National Player of the Year watch list. And after a big game, it makes a lot of sense, put on the national spotlight against a big opponent to be then thrust into the conversation. How great is it to have two guys, not just one, two offensive players on this watch list? Uh, I mean, it's it's wonderful. I, I think we could have predicted that if Notre Dame was undefeated, they upset the number one team in the country, Clemson. Like If you would have told me those things and told me that Ian Book was going to receive some national recognition, I would say that you're a very smart person because it is obviously the magnified role of being the quarterback on an undefeated team who just had a nice performance in a clutch situations against Clemson. It makes a, to- a, a lot of sense why he is getting the notoriety. Shout out, though, man, to Kyron Williams. Going into this year, I really didn't know what to expect from this Notre Dame run game. Last year with Tony Jones Jr. as the lead ball carrier, it was very sporadic. We did not have any consistency. And now we have... I mean, he's a true sophomore, but we're talking about an, a potential NFL running back down the line. This kid is exceptionally talented. Running, You can put his numbers so far this year against any running back in the country. If you put it side-by-side, side, just the rushing stats against a guy like Travis Etienne, which we just saw for Clemson, one of the best running backs we've seen in recent years, it's eerily similar. So shout-out to Kyron, man. He has alleviated a lot of the 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 – lack of running game that concerns that I had this offseason and he has catapulted himself into one of the premier running backs in all of college football so a number of the other players that are currently on the list as you can probably expect this is a very quarterback heavy group a lot of also running backs thrown into the mix just a couple notables I want to throw out there Najee Harris from Alabama Mac Jones from Alabama you can also expect Zach Wilson being here in the conversation Desmond Ritter Travis Etienne Trevor Lawrence is on there Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask from Florida are on there somehow Stetson Bennett made it onto this list which is (laughs) that is I'm actually completely thrown off by just reading that why the hell is Stetson Bennett on this list This is the current watch list for November, so you're adding Kyron Williams into it. I believe Ian Book was on the watch list uh, in their September watch list. It makes a lot of sense. You go out there, and Ian Book's perspective, you have a really big performance. 
You step up on a lot of key plays. He wasn't perfect because of the one turnover in a, in a very important spot, but he stepped up when they needed him to. And that's typically what happens with these award watch lists and the winners for these awards. The people picking them tend to ride the, you know, the headlines, the guys that are getting a ton of attention because they do very, very impactful things in important moment in, in important moments against very big opponents. And then Kyron Williams, you talked about how we didn't really know what to expect coming in because we knew he was talented, but he, this was his real first year as the feature running back, the primary running back. And he steps in has this huge impact, and I think it's pretty easy to say that he is one of the best running backs in college football right now. He's up there in terms of total yardage on the season as a leader, and I think that's pretty spectacular, uh, Ryan, considering typically with these Notre Dame running backs, you have a couple guys that work their way into the mix. It's never just one guy that gets a full load of carries. It's always been a bit of a running back by committee. So it's really nice to see Williams step out of that typical spotlight for Notre Dame running backs. Yeah, we haven't really seen a lead ball carrier since, I guess, Josh Adams, right? He had that one nice year where he got injured a little bit down the stretch. It's really nice, too, because like you said, it's not just that Kyra Williams is a great running back, a great runner of the football. He's also a nice pass receiver. He came in as an all-purpose back ranking from 24-7 Sports. He's not a guy that's just a single threat in the backfield. There's a dual threat. And then maybe the biggest contribution besides for his 140-yard, 75-yard touchdown to start that game, Kyron Williams' blitz pickups in those games are something that's not going to get nationally recognized. It's not going to be, you know, you can't quantify quite, you know, how great a running back blocks. But, man, he had five or six blitz pickups during that game against a team that manufactures so much pressure that, honestly, that part of his game may have been the most underrated aspect of that Notre Dame offense during their 47-40 victory over Clemson. Kyron Williams is not just, you know, run the football, take him out of the game, spread the offense out. That guy is a legit three-down option that does everything well, which is why, He's already getting onto the NFL radar, radar only as a true sophomore, which doesn't happen a ton. And uh, we have not had a legitimate threat in this backfield in a while, in a couple of years now. And it's it's really nice to see after, like you said, last couple of years have been back by committee, not really having a guy that could take on that full time role as a lead ball carrier. But we are blessed now to have Mr. Kyron Williams, and he's only a sophomore, so he's still going to get better, which is a scary thing to think about for opposing defenses as well. And the last thing I want to throw in here, too, he's also so different from what we've seen from other Notre Dame running backs. I kind of think of maybe not the mold, but some of the uh, better traits that we've seen from those guys that have emerged a little bit outside of that committee role. Like Tarion Fulston was a, was a bit of a bruiser. Uh, Josh Adams was a big running back. He was a little bit more of a bruiser. He wasn't a very fast running back. So to see Kyron Williams, who has... This high-end speed, he is, despite being very small for a running back on the smaller side, a very good blocker on passing plays, and then he provides extra value when you need to use him as a receiver. He is exactly what you want 
with a running back in today's modern college football and then translating over to the modern NFL, you see a lot more success for, the, for from these guys that are space killers, that do really well in space and have good long speed and good hands and can block instead of the the dying breed of gigantic bruising running backs like Derrick Henry. Like I think Derrick Henry is probably the the only remaining guy. So it is it is very very interesting to see um, Kyron Williams step up and have a, a very different skill set. So we are coming up in a few minutes going to open up their, our discuss our discussion on the BC offense. Before we do so though, folks, I want to talk to you about Coors Light, the beer that I keep pitching to you folks if you haven't after listening to all these episodes and even the episodes in the future if you haven't tried Coors Light or are maybe refusing to go back to it you need to do it every everything going on right now that we have you know in the world it feels like we always have to be on it's waking up early working late and then waking up early again when that weekend rolls around or at the end of your day you need something that helps you take a moment to chill why not go and grab for the beer that is made to chill? I know, and I keep saying this, when I sit down and watch those Notre Dame football games and I can relax on my Saturdays, I'm grabbing a Coors Light, kicking my feet up, and enjoying the game or any other games that I might be tuning into later in the night. Watching football is so therapeutic for fans. I know it is for me. It is uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. With not every single team playing right now, Coors Light wants fans to know there are still plenty of teams and sports out there that will allow them to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I want to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Dot com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ryan, speaking of relaxing, how about the opposite? You got something for us? Yeah, man. I'll say right now with the with daylight savings, and we wake up now, and it is still dark outside. Sometimes it's tough to get the day started. Sometimes it's tough to break through your wall. Whether it's mental or a physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. It's easy to take in a one-and-a-half-ounce package. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, or just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for you as well. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, including peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my personal favorite, chocolate mint. Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on my stomach. Bilko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Bilko then kicks to keep me going strong throughout the day. Contains B6, B12, all the necessary vitamins that you need to keep it going every day. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better while also making you perform better. Visit BuiltGo.com today and use promo code LOCKED. That's all capital LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, again, all caps, for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. (laughs) 
Now, folks, we are going to get into discussing the Boston College offense. Please go and hit that subscribe button if you haven't done those already. This Boston College offense is very perplexing to me, Ryan, and unlike any other game that Notre Dame is going to have this season, there's two things that are hanging over their head that I think fans need to consider. The first one being... You're coming off of a a tremendous high. You're coming off of a huge, huge win. And we've sometimes seen in the past, and also Boston College previously playing that spoiler, when Notre Dame comes off of a big win, then being possibly upset by Boston College. So one, they need to come prepared and thinking that this game is at the same exact level as Clemson, not thinking that they're untouchable because they beat the number one team in the country. But what also makes this so much more complex than a typical Boston College rivalry game, Ryan, is the fact that the starting quarterback for this team is a former backup that could possibly have been the replacement for Ian Book. Phil Jerkovic, who it stresses you the hell out. I know it stresses me out because Jerkovic has been fantastic in limited amount of starts for Boston College. And he is now a guy that is probably coming in here with a little bit of revenge on his mind to prove Notre Dame wrong and to knock them off and upset them with a five and three Boston college team. Ah, man. You know, I I really have been not looking forward to this week as I have to talk about Phil Dracovic. I mean, I talk about him all the time already in the NFL draft side of things because I'm a big believer in his game. I've been a big believer since he came out of Pine Richland high school and he was very high caliber recruit going to Notre Dame he fits man like when you dream up the perfect dual threat quarterback today he fits a lot of those measurables that you look for and then you, again you're, you're putting them side by side against Ian Book and uh, you, you question some decision making for a second obviously we have to ride with Book right now because he's doing an excellent job Boston College for as long as I can remember going back into our father's era of watching it at our age, right? Like Boston College has always been that team that somehow sneaks up on Notre Dame. I know that Glenn Foley game where he threw four touchdowns, upset the Irish in the 90s. That's one that like kind of comes to mind immediately. Doug Flutie, like there always seem to be Boston College upsets against Notre Dame throughout the history. Brian Kelly's been saying the right things even before their game against Clemson. We talked about this last week and we kind of were iffy about the, the conversation, but he said... Nothing matters if we don't play well after Clemson. So it's kind of been in the forefront that Brian Kelly believes this is a this is a long haul. This is not just a sprint, right? Like this is this is a marathon right here. So I think that Notre Dame is going to be ready to play. I think that they have a good mindset going into this game. I don't think they're too high. I think that's something that I just kept saying after that last win, right? Like I didn't think Brian Kelly or Ian Book seemed too high or too low throughout that football game. I think they know that there's unfinished business and that they need to win out to have a a legitimate chance, not only to play Clemson again in the ACC championship game, but to play in the playoffs potentially. So there's a lot riding on this game. Boston College has has been a thorn in the side, but this Boston College team, although talented offensively with a guy like Phil Dracovic and others, they are a very streaky team. They played up to Clemson, almost upset them. They almost lost to Texas State earlier in the year. You don't know which quality of team that you're getting with Boston College on a week-to-week basis. I believe that Notre Dame's going to come out of this game, uh, come into this game, I should say, ready. I think that they're going to prove that this Clemson victory wasn't just a fluke. They're going to ha- try to have a dominating performance, cover that 13.5 points 
that they're getting right now against Clemson, I think that they're they're set up for a good outing against Boston College, and I'm expecting a good um, a good ending to this Boston College uh, story when we talk about it next week. Also, it's it's really worth noting, and we're going to kind of go into breaking this team down that they are probably the best Boston College team that Notre Dame has faced over the past few years. You look back, and in some spots, it, it ended up being a bit of a walkover game for Notre Dame. Even though both sides would get ramped up for the rivalry, Boston College just was a lot was just a lot more undermanned in terms of talent. So this is a different year. This is a team that has some transfers. It has some quality, talented guys. And I think a lot of that talent does come from a number of those key transfers that have come in and stepped in and and been good contributors. And you also, you know, for me, Ryan, I think you have to to keep an eye out for one Hunter Long, who is their uber-talented tight end, who some consider to be a day two draft prospect if he declares right now. He is a very good option for Jerkovic. And I also am very wary of this Boston College offensive line. They're a very underrated group. We talk about how good Notre Dame's offensive line is. I'm not saying that this Boston College offensive line is up to par with them, but it's a lot better than people give them credit for. And you can probably attest to this. I, most of those guys on that on that offensive line are going to be playing on Sundays somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think four of them have a very good chance. And, and you know, quick excerpt on Hunter Long. I left the summer scouting series. You know, from an NFL draft perspective, I was a huge fan of Hunter Long, and he is not disappointed this year. That offensive line, though, Zion Johnson's playing left tackle right now. He's going to be fit better inside at the next level. He played guard last year in 2019, but he is a definite day two option on the interior. We have Alec Lindstrom, which is Chris Lindstrom's former first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons at center. We have Ben Petrula, who's played right tackle. He's played left tackle. He's played center. He's playing right guard now for Boston College. And then you have Tyler Vrabel over at right tackle. Obviously, Mike Vrabel's son, who's very talented as well. The Boston College offensive line, they've always been known for putting out guys. Anthony Costanzo, Chris Lindstrom, like I said, they're continuing that tradition. The difference and what makes this team tough to figure out, or I shouldn't say figure out, tough to match up against. We talked about Phil Dracovic, very talented quarterback. You just talked about Hunter Long. They also have a wide receiver named Zay Flowers, who's a very dynamic player who has a lot of speed, a lot more speed than you get from a typical Boston College wide receiver. So Notre Dame's going to be pressed into some situations where your two best de- defensive players on Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, they are going to have to make decisions on how they are going to stop Hunter Long because that's the security blanket. That's the guy that short to intermediate, that's their dude. Are you going to bring Kyle Hamilton down to defend against that six foot four, 250-plus pound size? Is that, your, your, is that what you're planning on doing? Because if you are planning on doing that, you're leaving Zay Flowers a very dynamic deep threat with less safety help over the top without Kyle Hamilton parched back there. I feel like the conversation is going to be, hey, can Owusu Koromoa match up against a Hunter Long so that we can use Kyle Hamilton over the top to defend a guy like Zay Flowers? I think they create mismatches with how they affect the game differently on different levels, and that's what has me worried. That offense line is good, but those pass catchers are better than we've seen of Boston College pass catchers over the last couple years, 
and then now you have the trigger man like Phil Dracovic. Could be a long day again for the Notre Dame secondary. They're going to have to figure out what is the best matchup that they can give to Boston College in order to keep those two playmakers a little quiet. And as we're trying to illustrate here, folks, you just need to be prepared for an offense that is more dynamic than you might expect it to be. They gave Clemson a scare for a reason because they have some underrated weapons. They have a very good quarterback, as we're all familiar with Phil Dracovic and the way that he has been able to step up as the starter for this, this Boston College offense. Coming up, we are going to break down the defense and some key points that you need to be aware of. Ryan, defensively, this is very similar to the offense, has some very underrated sections and pieces to it and some guys that can step up and make some serious plays. Who are some of the players that you are you want to pay attention to and you think that are going to be key in this game? I, I think the biggest improvement to Notre Dame that we talked about already is the ability to run the football. So when I'm looking, the linebacker unit, and I'm talking about Max Richardson and Isaiah McDuffie, those guys are fast, aggressive, um, tireless workers on the second level of that Boston College defense. For me, if, if Boston College is going to stand a chance to slow down Notre Dame's offense – they are going to be fast and aggressive, trying to blitz from multiple spots and trying to disrupt that running game. And I think that it starts with those two linebackers. They both have uh, what is Richardson has eight tackles for loss, a part of his 79 tackles, three and a half sacks. McDuffie has six and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, a part of his 71 total tackles. So those guys are used to creating pressure, creating penetration, disrupting things in the backfield. They, if their plan should be, hey, Kyron Williams, Chris Tyree, Ian Book as a runner, we need to stop that. We need to make Notre Dame one-dimensional. So when I look at the biggest difference makers potentially on Boston College, McDuffie and Richardson are the guys for me that when I look at that and I say, if those guys have big games, it could make things a little bit of tough sledding for Notre Dame because I think that the big difference is the Clemson game specifically they had a couple linebackers out, which I think really affected their ability to pressure a ton in against the run. I'm a little worried about Richardson and McDuffie and their and their talent to do the same potentially. So you've already highlighted a lot of these really key players. That linebacker group is super talented. If I want to take a it a little bit of a step deeper, sharing guys that are underrated that you might not really it might not really be bigger names that everybody is super familiar with. They have two very talented defensive backs that currently have over five pass breakups. I'm pointing at Elijah Jones, who's six foot two, and then Brandon Sebastian, who is six foot. He has eight pass breakups, uh, leading the team. Not only are those good statistics for defensive backs, but you have to point to the height and the size. These Notre Dame receivers and the tight ends. It's a big group. That has been the strength for this Notre Dame receiving group is that you don't really have like a true burner. You've got a lot of really big guys. You've got guys that are good at, at contested catches and going up and grabbing the football. I, like Ben Skoranek, I think, is the perfect example of what the rest of the group looks like and how they play. So you are bringing to the table a good counter move to that style of receiver, taller, longer defensive backs. 
Yeah, and and honestly, Boston College has been a little underrated with turning out defensive backs. I remember, like for a couple years span there, they had Justin Simmons, and then they had uh, yeah Justin Simmons for Denver, who's an excellent football player, Pro Bowl safety, and then they had John Johnson, who's the outstanding safety for for uh, the Los Angeles Rams right now. So they are no, they're not you know foreign to to producing next level talent on the on the in the secondary. So a couple of those guys, like you said, Sebastian throwing Mike Palmer there to that list as well. They have some talent on the back end. They have some talent on the second level. I think where Notre Dame really presents a lot of problems to them is their great offensive lines working against a underwhelming defensive line unit for Boston College. They have Luke Biquette who transferred over from from Cal as a grad transfer who's probably their best player. But even he hasn't made much of a difference so far. So I think that the Notre Dame clearly has the advantage at the line of scrimmage. It's just the the quick and aggressive nature of that second and third level that Notre Dame fans should be paying close attention to. I, I think that this might be a week. We didn't see many screens against Clemson. I feel like screens, types of misdirection, end arounds, different things like that to take advantage of this these this aggressiveness on the Boston College second and third levels could be a big key to this victory for Notre Dame. Right, and to wrap up our defensive discussion, I, I think that this this week, as it's probably going to be every single week and as it was like last week, you're always going to want to establish your offense with the strengths that you have. I don't think that they should come into this game playing the way that they did against Pitt, where they, for some reason, were trying to throw the ball a little bit too much. Try and get those big chunk plays with Kyron Williams, um, with Chris Tyree, I think a heavy approach to running the ball facing a significantly weaker defensive line. This defensive line isn't even close to the one that we saw with Clemson. And our big talking point last week was that if you run the ball against Clemson's defensive line, you should be able to open up the rest of your offense. So they need to come prepared, one for them to try and shut down their rushing attack, but at the same time using that as the primary uh, focal point for your offense because that again is that's the big reason why the offense has worked over these past few weeks you, there's no point in trying to change things up when you know that you have that huge mismatch absolutely and the key always to Notre Dame for me is again Ian Book is doing a nice job there's no question about it you never want this offense to become one-dimensional because if we're asking Ian Book to drop back and just be a passer all the time without that running element to hit not only him but just from those guys, Kyra Williams and Chris Tyree, we're going to be in some trouble because we're not built to win that way. Our wide receivers are they're advantageous, but they're not guys that, hey, I want to throw the ball 30-plus times a game. That's not what we have. The tight ends are nice. We have Michael Mayer, who's the next big thing at tight end at Notre Dame. But we don't want to be a team that's pass first because we aren't built that way. That's not how we're going to win football games. We need to establish a running game because the passing a game is is designed to work off of how Notre Dame structures their running attack. So we have to be balanced. If we aren't balanced, then we're going to be in some trouble. That was also the big reason why things started to slow down for Notre Dame offensively in the third and fourth quarter. They started to get away from what worked in the first half. Uh, the, the running game was creating some big chunk yardage, and then for some reason – they were so pass-oriented. So we don't want to see that again. We're hoping to see a more balanced attack, maybe leaning a little bit more on that running game as it has proven some previous 
success. So this Saturday's game is 3.30 on ABC. We'll provide you with another reminder on the Friday show. But folks, thank you for tuning in. Friday, you're going to get to hear from Locked On BC's AJ Black. He's also with SIBC, so you're going to get to hear his thoughts on the matchup. Maybe some points and some guys that we didn't bring up. He's going to take us a little bit deeper, so stay tuned for that. And also, a preview of the hockey season, which is supposed to start on Friday night. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIrish to stay up to date on every single show so you don't miss a single one. And for some other great content, you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Ryan at Rise, the letter N draft. Additionally, please go hit that subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you can stay up to date and don't miss anything. If you're looking for anything else to tune into and you need another show to listen to, head on over to Locked On NBA. Right now, they are getting geared up for the NBA draft. Chad Ford from Chad Ford's Big Board gives his analysis on the picks and the players. John Hollinger evaluates all the trades and lack thereof at the top of the draft. And then lastly, Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated gives a breakdown of every single player that you need to know. So we've got a full cast for you on Locked On NBA. If you want to know more about these NBA teams and the NBA draft, make sure you get on over there before the NBA draft comes around. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We're going to hear, you're going to hear from us soon on Friday. Stay tuned.